0: It's the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 27. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. There's big time Big Ten news this week as USC and UCLA jolted the college sports landscape with the announcement last week that the two schools will join the Big Ten in time for the 2024 25 athletic seasons. Two marquee brands in college sports across the board are now going to be part of the Big Ten. That means regular visits from those high profile programs to Minneapolis to play the Gophers and regular visits from from the Gophers to Los Angeles to play those two. And the changing landscape of the Big Ten is likely not finished long term with the addition of these two only. There's likely more to come over the years and potentially even months ahead. My podcast guest this week has his finger on the pulse of the Big Ten. He lives and works in the epicenter of the conference in Chicago as the face of the Big Ten Network. The highly accomplished and well-informed Dave Revson has been with BTN since its inception back in 2007. In fact, his face was was the very first one viewers saw when he was sitting at the anchor desk signing the network on for that very first time. He'll give us his thoughts on Big Ten expansion, what it means, where it may head, as well as give us a breakdown of the approaching Big Ten football season. I know you'll enjoy the conversation on the Go Gopher podcast as we talk expansion and football. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. They do such great things in the community as well. Recently teaming up with PJ Flex Row the Boat Foundation for a great event benefiting the Masonic Children's Hospital. Our thanks to Brian Slipka, the CEO of Sunbelt Minnesota. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hogan at ChamplinInsurance.com. Tony is a big Gopher fan. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. It's free to click. It's free to listen at any time. You can also go back and listen to previous podcasts. That includes last week's show, which featured the director of the Pride of Minnesota Marching Band, Betsy McCann. We learned so much about the operational side of the band. I encourage you to go back and listen to that one. I'd also invite you to offer feedback on our previous podcast or share or retweet links to the Go Gopher podcast so others can find out about the show and listen for free. When we come back, we're talking Big Ten expansion with Dave Revson from the Big Ten Network. But first, a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonic's Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763 421 You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763 421 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky UMA, Ma, go Gophers. It's episode number 27, and we're talking Big Ten expansion, amongst other things, with the very talented Dave Revson from the Big Ten Network. And Dave, thanks so much for joining the podcast.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Mike.
0: Before we get into expansion, I want to ask you something, though, uh, right off the bat, because I'm thinking back, my first year at Minnesota was 2006, and I remember at the time hearing rumblings about the Big Ten starting a television network and thinking to myself, what in the world and then I heard Dave revson's getting hired and I you know and at that time you were at ESPN doing sports Center and play by play and um, and now all these years later did you have any idea when you took that job to go back to your hometown of Chicago that the Big Ten network would turn into what it what it has
1: no it's interesting Mike uh, I actually got an email yesterday from the Big Ten Network congratulating me on my 15 year anniversary uh, at the network which was kind of crazy. <laughs> So, no, I mean, I would say that um, for me, I had very high expectations for it. I had really good meetings, in particular with with Mark Silverman and Jim Delaney. Um, It was not a job that I actually originally intended on taking. I've kind of told this story a few times, but it was honestly just kind of a leverage play. My contract was up at ESPN, and I thought, well, if I get an offer here, maybe that'll – maybe that will help my leverage at ESPN. And uh, it turned out you know, I went and did the interviews and it was like, wow, this, this actually seems very cool. I just didn't understand what it was going to be. I don't think I, I kind of got like that. this was going to be a 24 hour a day, 365 day a year national network. I just didn't get it. And uh, as soon as I had meetings with them, I, I kind of changed my Perspective on it, and and then with Jim and Mark, that really sealed the deal. They were just both fabulous. It's obvious that they really wanted me for this position, and and so yeah, I mean, I I so I went into it with high expectations because I was so impressed with the people, but I would say it has greatly exceeded my expectations. It's really been amazing, and obviously part of it has been what happened this week and what has happened in general in the league now three times time i've been there is the expansion and just kind of the scope and scale of the big 10 have increased significantly in that time.
0: Yeah, and you think about the impact the Big Ten network has generally just from a from a viewer's standpoint, so much content relating specifically to each fan base's teams, where there's just not that. I mean, other networks are doing good things, but they have to cater to more people. It's beautiful in the sense that Big Ten fans have a place to go. And then the second impact, of course, is that big check that the schools get to cash because it's been so successful. So it's been a pretty remarkable run.
1: It has been. It's really been neat, and I'm excited to see what the next 15 years hold. I I hope I get to experience all of them. But yeah, it's, uh, man, it's, it has been, it's really been something. It's incredible the degree to which it has changed the landscape in college sports. I mean, I definitely remember a few of my colleagues at ESPN just kind of saying in so many words, are you sure this is what you want to do? Like that it felt to them as if it was some sort of a I don't want to say a step down but but like well why, why would you do that that just doesn't really make sense and what if this doesn't work and it you know aren't you're kind of giving away a, a dream job here and uh it what's interesting is that i never really thought of it in that way i i think i was optimistic As again as soon as kind of i had those meetings and understood everything that was behind it i think it was optimistic i was optimistic it was going to work out but i would have never envisioned that it would have change the landscape of college sports in the way that it has. And I think you can make a strong argument that it was one of the most significant developments in terms of, uh, getting us to where we are today in college sports.
0: Yeah, no, no question. No question about it. And where we are today is different than where we were uh, la- about eight days ago, as we record yeah. this on Friday, which is pretty remarkable. Last Thursday, uh, the word started coming out, and an official announcement eventually was made that USC and UCLA will join the Big Ten starting in 2024. Um, you guys had tremendous coverage. Obviously, you have your finger on the pulse. You are you know, one of those guys who sees things clearly. So my First question is: uh, As someone who who falls in that category, were you surprised? Had you been hearing rumblings? What was your initial reaction when when um, you know this started to kind of trickle out, and then all of a sudden you're on doing live live a live show about it?
1: I would say it was one of those jaw hits the ground moments, Mike. For it's interesting because in hindsight, I think it makes a lot of sense, and, and we can get into that as mm-hmm. we go along here. Why? why this is a really good fit. I think I was just stuck in this mentality that were the Big Ten to expand, it would do so to contiguous states just because it always has done that in the past. And so I think my sense was that we might be getting an expansion announcement, but I just didn't think that it would be USC and UCLA. So I definitely had one of those, you know, pick up your jaw off the ground and and now try to make sense of it all and, and figure out how you're going to present it and what's our show going to look like and who are our guests going to be and all those kinds of things that that your brain starts moving toward when you find out news like this when you're in our business which is hey we need to deliver this news and we need to do it in an informative and if we can do it in an entertaining way too great um so that that was kind of where i started going but yeah no doubt i mean it it was really surprising to me uh, again i i feel like In hindsight, and really kind of as it was explained and you understood, first of all, where the Pac-12 was in terms of their television rights renegotiation. You understand kind of the scope of UCLA and USC's athletic programs and that they really fit very well with kind of the broad-based programs that we have in the Big Ten. There's certainly academically schools that are credible fits in the Big Ten, you know, really good uh, broad-based universities. Obviously, it's interesting USC is a private school because you know, Northwestern has long been the only private school after the University of Chicago dropped out, but USC certainly has, you know, very much of a national profile and and obviously UCLA, a large state university, much like most of the schools in the Big Ten. So all of that stuff kind of made sense and, and obviously they bring incredible cachet, fabulous programs. And I mean, two of the top three in terms of NCAA championships won at the team level all time. So they're great programs and, and really good fits. So it, it kind of all made sense in hindsight. But but again, I would have never anticipated it. If you would have said to me on Wednesday, the Big Ten going to announce expansion tomorrow, predict who it would be. I don't know how long it would have taken me to get to USC and UCLA. It would have been a while.
0: Yeah, that's the amazing part. Now, uh, I had heard uh, you know, USC did not surprise me. I think the timing surprised me. I had heard that, you know, through different people that hey, USC's kind of sniffing around, but I didn't know it was going to just all of a sudden, boom, two schools, it's an announcement, and here we go. Um, I I think you are familiar with my uh, color commentator in basketball, Spencer Tollickson. He texted me Thursday morning and said, hey, are you hearing UCLA and USC to the Big Ten? And I I, I kind of laughed because Spencer's always got these crazy ideas, right? And I'm like, okay, yeah. what what's going on here? And um, and I don't know who he caught wind of it from, but it, it was within 15 minutes after he texted me that stuff started to come out, and I laughed at him, and then I said, man, you you whoever uh, mentioned it to you uh, was there, so. I thought you know I'd heard heard that hey USC's kicking the tires and then the uh, the alliance came about with the ACC and the Pac-12 and then that kind of fell apart a little bit uh, and so I wasn't sure and now here we are you you've gotten into a little bit of what it means and what what you know in terms of uh, these two programs being added to the Big Ten you also add what TV market number two now to um, you know and and really a whole new uh, region of the country uh, how, how important was that part of it do you think to this uh, overall decision.
1: Well, I think we'd be naive if we didn't say that television has an awful lot to do with this. I mean, that is a huge driving force, I think, behind all realignment in college sports right now. I don't know if it's necessarily the market per se. I mean, I I think that it's more about kind of the, the eyeballs that those schools would attract. It certainly doesn't hurt that it's in the second largest market. I mean, you think about now philadelphia is technically the number four tv market it's the fourth largest metro area i don't think but, but in kind of the the way the tv markets are measured it's number four so obviously we've had that for a while with penn state i think it was reinforced with rutgers and, sure. and south jersey which is a big part of the philly market so you're talking about markets one two three and four now all our our big ten markets so it certainly can't hurt i i think it's great i'm excited about it uh, I'm sure you are too we get maybe a a, rest, a weather respite in in the middle of the the basketball season when we all could use it yeah but but I just think what I said on the air on Thursday and, and what I kind of really believe is in the world of sports I mean when you turn on your television obviously now we have the score bug and whatnot and you' you constantly know who's playing the second you turn it on but take yourself back to before all that, was part of a broadcast in the mid eighties. Right. And you would have turned on a television, you would have seen UCLA or UCLA or USC, and you would have known instantaneously who they were. Right. They have, they have instant recognition. They're, they're, iconic uniforms they're iconic brands. They play in iconic venues. So that part of it, I think it just cuts through a lot. And, and that matters, right. When you have so much competition, Eyeballs. And the truth of the matter is, you know, live sports is the one thing that kind of cuts through in this fractured television universe. So the more big time games you can have as, as part of your conference more eyeballs, you're going to get and just the better it is for your league.
0: No question, and and when you add those two programs and those two names, then what I would call even you know what many might consider middle of the road kind of games become bigger games when those two are involved. And you know, I mean, obviously everybody has a spot, and everyone's fighting to get a spot above. But let's just for example, let's let's say Minnesota and Purdue. That you know maybe a couple of mid tier teams. You know, they're, uh, if it's the right year, maybe they can contend for some championships and those kind of things. But you know, if those two teams are playing, it's a it's a you know. Mid tier game, probably going to be an 11 a.m. kickoff in BTN. Uh, however, if USC is playing Minnesota, that immediately elevates that. If USC is now playing Purdue, that immediately elevates that. If it's a basketball game at Williams Arena, you think about UCLA coming into that old building where John Wooden would have taken the job if not for a snowstorm, right? I mean, think of how history would have changed. I mean, you know, what? A, and, and UCLA going to Mackey Arena where John Wooden played, obviously. I mean, there's so many connections. Instantly, it elevates many of these matchups from what I would term maybe mid-level to, uh, to marquee matchups now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, certainly the the fans are going to be really enthused, Mike. I mean, just the notion, as you say, of a USC coming to play a, a football game in Minneapolis, which happened.
0: Hopefully November, um, like about November 25th. That yeah, would be exactly.
1: Exactly. I know they've always dreaded going to Corvallis, right? Yeah, where, right. where crazy things tend to happen or Pullman. But yeah, wait until they they catch wind of of Minneapolis or Madison. You know, yeah. uh, that time of year it's it's a whole different ball game, as we know. So, no, part of it I think is really really exciting, and I, it's just going to be. I mean, if you're a Gopher fan and and they're going out to play USC in November, or maybe have a a big basketball game or whatnot. Like, why wouldn't you go out there and, right. and check it out? It'd be so much fun. So. Yeah, i'm i'm thrilled about it i just think it it really is going to re-energize not that the conference needed re-energizing but it's it's gonna and just add a different dimension maybe is the best way to put it and as you said yeah there's just kind of an inherent wow factor to playing a basketball game against ucla or playing a a uh, football game against USC. It's it's just they are a big-time opponent.
0: And and the other angle on that, too, uh, Minnesota, for example, is a long-time program that has not been, I should say, they're a program for a long time that's not been uh, to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl. You know, it's 1962, um, and it, it's an interesting paradox because I kind of, I'm, I'm like, hey, I'd like to go watch Minnesota yeah. play in the Rose Bowl, in the Rose Bowl, right, in the actual right. game, uh, if all of a sudden the first time many Gopher fans ever see it might be a regular season game now at some point in the next few years uh, that might be the next best thing so there's there's many Big Ten fan bases that might say hey this might be my chance to see my team play on that turf
1: I know it's funny I uh, had, we had dinner with a friend of ours the other day who's a big Indiana fan And that was his line. He said, I always said in my lifetime, I'd get a chance to see Indiana play in the Rose Bowl. I I never thought it would materialize in a regular season game. So, yeah, I think there there are some people who are thinking along those lines. You know, I don't think the Gophers are that far away. PJ said a really nice job, and and maybe we talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, but yes, it is. I mean, there is something about that, how iconic that venue is. And it's funny. I, I always say just kind of, Growing up in the Midwest and and being a college sports fan since literally I was six years old, um waking up and watching the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day, there was always just something so special about it. It had this almost mystical feel to me. I just remember thinking from a very young age, wow, would it be cool to be out there sometime and to to watch a game there and to have been able to do it, I don't know, probably ten times now. Yeah. And it's always special. I mean, it really is. So if there are Gopher fans who haven't been, uh, I understand you want to play in the game, in in the Rose Bowl, but but just being there and experiencing it, there's, Something so special about it.
0: Well, and it's interesting. I, I recall in twenty fifteen is uh, I, I grew up in the state of Iowa. So as you growing up in Chicago, you grow up and it's just such a glamorous bowl. I mean, that's what I mean that that's what every fan base wanted wanted to do. And I recall in twenty fifteen when Iowa may, had their undefeated season, they're playing Michigan State in Indianapolis. The winner goes to the playoffs the losers going to Pasadena. And I had friends who were Hawkeye friends, uh, fans who I grew up with who kind of s- subtly were like, I- I'd kind of rather go to the Rose Bowl. And that that's just how big that game is to a lot of Big Ten fans. Like, yeah, playoffs against Alabama, first round, I don't know. Rose Bowl, we're in, right? And it's just its just one of those deals of how that game can be.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree 100%. I mean, again, it is... It's really special. And I, I would say the same about the Coliseum. Um, right. You know, I know for Big Ten fans, there's a special allure to the Rose Bowl. But man, when I was at ESPN, I went to a USC Notre Dame game. Uh, they both had a role in a little bit, and it was in, in the Coliseum. And man, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. I mean, that is a really special place, too. So it's really something. I mean, it's crazy to think that those are now big.
0: Ten venues, no, no doubt. Yeah, in fact, my first game as play-by-play guy for the Gophers was Jerry Kill's first game in 2011, and the very first game he coached was against Lane Kiffin in the Coliseum. So it is, wow. uh, it, it's a remarkable place as well. You think about the history there with you know the Olympic Games and everything else, and USC, and you know different uh, other teams that have that have gone through there. So uh, it, it's a cool addition. Now you mentioned the cold weather and maybe a respite in uh, you know January, February if there's a if there's a game out there. Uh, so I ask this to you a little bit tongue in cheek, but I know BTN and Fox are good partners. I know there's studios out in California. Are you going to push to, you know, have you do the studio show for a few weeks uh, from the Fox studios out in LA? In, in January? Uh, you're speaking
1: my language, Mike. That sounds really good. Um, yeah, I don't know whether they have room for us, but one of the jokes right away that Jerry and Howard and Joshua and I started uh, banding about was our bus tour, right? Right preseason bus tour for football are are we gonna are we gonna drive out there are we gonna fly out there jerry and i are pushing to drive uh howard and joshua are more along the lines of flying so uh yeah yeah i like the notion of making it a three-day trip maybe doing it back-to-back with Rutgers. i feel like that would be a you know a really fully experienced america that way but no no (laughs) doubt i mean there are it really is great for us that, that fox sports is
0: out there I think that's going to help us a lot well yeah that that would be that would be good uh, bonding going from Rutgers out yeah. to uh, to LA on that preseason trip uh, and that's a very uh very um, trusting uh group of folks to the bus driver driving through the Rocky Mountains on the way so uh, I tip my cap to you on that um, we got a few minutes left here with Dave Revson from the Big Ten network on the go-go for podcast many tentacles to this and um, still some things maybe up in the air so uh, as I ask you some of these questions the, the first group of questions here is just in relation to, let's say this is it, no further expansion for now, uh, 2024 hits, USC-UCLA is here, um, and and maybe that goes for a few seasons, because I think there's probably further expansion at some point, whether you know it's, it's soon or down the road. But let's, for the sake of the next question, just assume that 2024 hits, it's just these two. Uh, how do you think it'll be contested? Will there be divisions? Will the Big Ten no longer do divisions like the SEC and ACC have done? What do you think there, Dave, from a competition standpoint?
1: There seems to be a movement nationally away from divisions. So, I mean, when you're dealing with 16 teams, I do think it becomes challenging, right? I mean, you have a lot of tiebreakers to determine who one and two are and, and some schedule inequities, which I think is just part and parcel of, of right. what it is. And I think you just accept that. In a large conference. we already have that, that some teams in whatever year, just through the luck of the draw, end up with easier conference schedules than others. So I don't know. I it, it feels like a part of that is tied in with the college football playoff, I think, Mike, and kind of how the college football playoff is determining how many teams get in. And you know, it seems like at that point we it feels like we're still gonna be at a four team playoff. So, you know, maybe at that point you're saying we wanna make sure that, that the team that wins the championship in the big 10 is worthy of playoff inclusion and you always run that risk i think if you divide it into divisions if one is considerably weaker than the other uh that that would be a challenge now you know obviously both these are west coast teams so that you know, the west has not been quite at the level with the champion of the east even though the head-to-head has been very even yep um you know, I don't know if that's just a function of Ohio State or if there's kind of <laughs> more to it than that. But I mean, if, if you did go divisions, you'd obviously this would this would I don't want to say sway the balance of power, but it would certainly make the, the West a lot stronger. So I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see kind of what they come out with here in the days weeks to come. But uh, I, I just think the most important thing for the Big Ten is to make sure that it has a viable team for the college football playoff in, in whatever way they decide to do that.
0: Second part now, the second tentacle to this, apparently, it seems, and making sense to me, is where does Notre Dame fall in this? There's always been this flirtation, I think, with uh, with uh, certainly fan bases, and, and can Notre, should Notre Dame uh, be in? Should Notre Dame accept an invitation? Should the Big Ten let him in? All that stuff. Uh, what, what do you think on Notre Dame, uh, short-term and long-term here? Because certainly it seems they have have some decisions potentially to make here uh, in both of those regards?
1: Notre Dame is so interesting to me. I have so much respect for kind of the way that through the years they have said, hey, this is who we are. This is part of our identity. They have left money on the table for a long time, Mike. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it were about money, they would have joined a conference a long time ago, as you know. And But it, it hasn't really been about that. It's been about the pride in their independence. I think that's a big part of, hey, this is how we do it. Uh, it allows them to recruit nationally and allows them to play a national schedule. I think the change now is the big 10 allows you to play that national schedule too. It's right. important to them to be on the East coast as we have seen. Well, you've got Rutgers in Maryland and yeah, Penn state kind of not necessarily East coast, but, but certainly further East. Uh, so you have that. And now you have USC who's an annual rival of theirs who is would be in your conference. I know they like to play Stanford as well, and maybe that could be your one non-conference game that you schedule every year, and voila. I mean, there, there you are. You're, you're playing a national schedule. You're on both coasts, uh, and you have a great road to the playoff. I mean, right. you, I, I, th- I think the biggest thing for Notre Dame is access to the playoff, mm-hmm. and and as long as they know they have a way to get in, I, I think maybe they stand firm with, with being an independent, but... Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of in, as all of the deck chairs get rearranged here, is there a place for them where they feel comfortable that if they have a good season, they're going to have ready access to the playoff. And, and I think that's going to become a huge part of the equation, but, but I do think that they can meet a lot of their goals of kind of who they want to be as a program while being in the Big Ten and it would be the only league that would give them that opportunity right now I mean who knows what's going to happen in the sure. yeah. 48 hours right
0: <laughs> for, for the fun of it let's say they decide you know what we, we want to do it um, and, and let's say it happens uh, What where does the Big Ten though go then because right you're going to have to add at least one more if that's the case and obviously it's just kind of a fun discussion because it's hypothetical but what, where do you think let's say for the fun of it Notre Dame says yeah we want it uh, we, we like the rivalries we like the, the, the newer paycheck we like access to the playoffs as you mentioned uh now the Big Ten would be at 17 where does it go from there in your mind
1: man I don't know um I mean I I guess I don't have any ideas beyond kind of the ones that are being thrown around I mean Oregon obviously brings a lot as a as a brand um and a, a really good program Washington you know same way I don't know, you know. Maybe Notre Dame says, well, we want to play Stanford every year. So bring Stanford along. I mean, it's the, the best athletic program in the country in terms yep. of the Olympic sports, obviously football and basketball kind of ebb and flow a little bit. And then you have the whole ACC and, and kind of the, the grant of rights there through 2036. How set you know, is, our team's going to try to challenge that? Our school's going to try to challenge it and get out of it. They do. I mean, North Carolina makes sense. Virginia makes sense. So who knows? Uh, my guess is as good as yours. I mean, I really don't know. I given given how off guard USC and UCLA caught me. I don't yeah. pretend to have any. Special insight, but but I think those are the ones that would seem to make the most sense.
0: Well, certainly an exciting time, and uh, um, the other angle we talked about: cold weather football. I'll be interested too. uh, USC and UCLA had great baseball and softball, and uh, now we'll see. I mean, you know, think about USC coming to Minneapolis to play at Siebert Field in a baseball game on, you know, April twenty eighth or something. That that (laughs) that that, that ought to be an interesting angle from that as well. Um, Real quickly, what do you think to the general landscape, Dave? uh, uh, big you you mentioned the ACC the Pac-12 now uh, a little bit of turmoil there with this recent announcement the Big 12 is is you know fighting for its life at times it seems uh where do you think the landscape generally may go here in the short term I don't
1: know I'm really fascinated to see what happens I mean there was this report on a swimming website yesterday <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, I did, that Yeah yeah that uh several of the ACC schools who had been approached by the, uh SEC and Somehow ESPN was going to be involved with the you know trying to challenge the grant of rights. I I mean whether or not to believe that I don't know, but uh, it it makes sense I guess on the surface. I mean certainly Clemson and Florida State would would make sense. I think in the SEC. Uh, I think you know Virginia and North Carolina maybe were mentioned in there as well. It's going to be fascinating to see where the power lies between the big 12 and the PAC 12. And, you know, if there becomes kind of a, a tug of war of which one of them survives and who takes the teams from the other, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I feel like there's so many different ways that it could play out. It's pretty clear. There's a lot of power being consolidated in the sec and the big 10 and those kind of become the best landing spots right now. But you know, I mean, if, if some of these leagues join forces with, with one another, I think you, create other other powerful leagues. The the issue again just becomes television and, and how much money's in it uh T V wise for them. And um, you know, I think that just depends on what the league looks like. Who's in it.
0: Should be fascinating uh, for sure, not just in the next few months, but uh, literally the next few years as to how the landscape switches. All right, we're just a tick over two weeks away from, uh, we'll see you in Indianapolis, Big Ten Football Media Day uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium. Last year was the first year for that. I've loved it. I thought it was an awesome setting. Uh, it was great, um, and I'm looking forward to it. I don't want to rush summer. I mean, I am looking forward to football, but hey, let's enjoy July and August here. But um, w- looking ahead to football, uh, how much do you look forward to, to the media days and and then uh, your, your bus tour, as you mentioned.
1: Oh, I love it, Mike. Uh, Media Days is such a cool event, and I agree with you. It was really special, I thought, in Indy last year. It was neat for the players to be in, first of all, in an NFL stadium, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool, but yep. then to be in the stadium where the Big Ten Championship game was going to be played. You can kind of see guys visiting themselves being there and and playing that game, so I, I think it's a really welcome change. Again, I, I love having in Chicago just for the sheer convenience of it. I could roll out of bed and head downtown, but I totally get why they moved it to Indy. And and I thought it was a home run last year. And yeah, the bus tour for me is so much fun. I I I love those guys. First of all, you know we get along so well. I mean, this is going to be our sixteenth year working together. Obviously, Josh was a little bit new to the picture but but Howard and Jerry have just become such good friends and it's a great bonding experience for us but then we learn a ton. I mean you just cannot overstate how important it is to watch a team practice in terms of first of all just understanding depth. know when the first quarterback gets hurt, knowing what the second quarterback looks like, understanding depth on the line of scrimmage and all of those things. What is, again, you know, kind of what do they have beyond what we saw on TV last year? That's the time to to learn it. So it's really valuable for us. Uh, I think one of the things that I always say is it's very important for us, for the schools to understand that we're not just out there spouting opinions with nothing to Base them on yeah, yep. that. We that we do the work that we really know their programs. Spend time with players and head coaches, and assistant coaches, and trainers, and all these people. There's and and announcers for that matter. I mean, it's you know, it's not rare at all for us to to see one of you guys out there, and and so that all that stuff just goes a long way in terms of truly being educated on these teams. So I, I just feel like. If we don't know what we're talking about with only 14 teams, shame on us. It's our fault, right? Because it's not that hard. This isn't brain surgery here. Go out there, do the leg legwork. And, and this allows us to do it in a really... I think, fun way, but but uh, an easy way as well.
0: Yeah, we always look forward to it. We look forward to seeing you. I know Justin Gard and I have had you on our show up at the, uh, you know, we look over the baseball or from the baseball yes. uh, back of the baseball stadium out into the practice field, and we've enjoyed that. Uh, permit me one more quick one, uh, just a quick, probably way too early assessment of the Big Ten West, and then I'll cut you loose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. I'm not just saying this because I'm on with you. I mean, I, I I like the Gophers a lot. I mean, I just think Kirk Chiraca back is huge. I'm interested to see what the defense looks like. I mean, they they were just shockingly better I thought, mm-hmm. last year defensively than they had been the year before. They obviously lose quite a bit there, and and so you know I know they they were heavy into the transfer market. So you know, do those guys kind of step in right away? Uh, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa are going to have to figure out a way to throw the football. Uh, I like Purdue a lot. I mean, you want to talk about another team that improved a lot defensively last year. I thought Purdue did a, a phenomenal job. Again, they lose stars. Uh, you know, losing Karloftis. He talked to coaches in the Big Ten and just even though his he didn't necessarily have eye-popping stats last year, was out for a while. But but man, he impacts a game and a game plan. And and same with David Bell. But but they've gotten dramatically better on defense and and you know offensively you know you want know, to talk about a revelation as a a walk-on quarterback to do what he's done so yeah i'm uh i think it's kind of those four, I would say, are are kind of the ones that, that stand out to me and uh, fascinating to get to camp and, and see how they all fit together.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, I kept you longer than I said. I appreciate it. Uh, we always enjoy watching uh, you on TV and we'll look forward to seeing you in uh, Indy here in a couple of weeks and then on the bus trip on campus here in Minneapolis.
1: Thanks a lot, Mike. Pleasure nope. to be on with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Our thanks to Dave Revzin, our guest on episode number 27 of the Go Gopher podcast. So much great Big Ten insight from him. I hope you enjoy Listening to the interview as much as I enjoyed doing it. Episode number 27 of the Go Gopher podcast is sponsored by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or TNMA.com today. We're also brought to you by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Brandon Morton is our producer and technical advisor. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts and please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's absolutely free to listen. And share the link on your social media channels. We'll talk again next week.